0: Welcome to the podcast. My name is Brian and I'll be your host. I decided to call this podcast A Cup of Hope because with every cup of coffee, I hope that the world will change, even just a little bit for the better. When I started this coffee roasting company, Blackfin Coffee, here in Seattle, I wanted my work to make a positive impact on the world. My main focus for this brand is to advocate and raise awareness for the endangered southern resident orcas that swim through the Salish Sea here in the Pacific Northwest. So I embarked on this entrepreneurial quest and began to realize something there are many like-minded people out there who are also making lasting positive impacts on the world. Now, I've set out to find as many of them as I can and sip on a cup of hope together with them. I hope you're inspired by the many amazing people that come on the podcast. Please enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Cup of Hope podcast. In honor of the one year anniversary of our partnership, uh, which began on May 3rd, 2020, we have our friends, Cy and Snow, on the podcast. And as many of you may know, Cy and Snow are the founders of PNW Protectors and have given their lives to educating and raising awareness through their three main foundations, which are Restore empower, and protect. One year ago today, we launched what we've called PNW Protectors coffee labels and named them after these three foundations in order to help draw more attention to their efforts. Science Snow are known to do a lot of free diving and underwater photo and video work, which is then being used to help inform science through their observations. And I just want to say Science Snow, thanks for sipping on a cup of hope together with us today.
1: <laughs> we are honored to be talking to you, and we are just absolutely in awe of the work you do and grateful to be here with you.
0: We're all very grateful, I think, for this moment. So uh, let's just dive right in and start talking about uh, how it all began. I understand that um, you both uh, had an experience while free diving once that has forever changed your lives. And uh, I was wondering if you could share your story about how it all ties in with the, B- the genesis of PNW Protectors.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is a fun story. We, it was a, a day in May, and we just decided to go freediving just a little bit close to Lime Kiln at a spot called Deadman's Bay. And there's this little cove. And we were kind of just paying attention to the kelp and marveling all the little magical intertidal creatures. And Cy turned around and he said, Snow, check out that black sailboat. And I kind of took a breath and I didn't see it. Then I went back underwater. And at that time, J-Pod was swimming uh, about 15, 20 feet away from us. And they were on the other side of the kelp so we were inside the kelp curtain, they're on the outside. So we couldn't see them underwater, but on the surface of the water, they were pouring through the silken water like we couldn't even believe it. And then I accidentally was filming underwater and I I was able to hear through the through my camera, but also they're they're communicating and they're clicking and they're beautiful sounds underwater and we left the water that day and we both felt like we were humming our bones were humming and we were just wait we were just in the water with j-pod was that real did we dream that neither of us slept that night and we i have always loved orcas and so has i and it was just a it was a pivotal moment where we thought Loving them means that we need to take it a step further. We need to devote our existence to protecting them. I can't, on my watch, just watch them slip away. this They're just too important to this world. And we were in a little bit of a pickle because neither of us are marine, si- we're not in marine science. Um, and our talent is in art and freediving. And it didn't feel like that would be very conducive to broadcasting to large masses. So so I had the beautiful idea, well, what if we just include everyone's superpower and then just share that with the public so that science and documentary filmmakers and artists and musicians and everyone can work together and then maybe we can make a change. And so we just started reaching out to all the superheroes in the Sailor Sea, Joe Gatos and Dr. Giles and um, Ken Balcombe. And then we were blessed with the opportunity to meet the whole co-extinction crew and the whole Searching for Chinook crew at the same time because they were filming their documentaries and it just became this momentum. And then J35, Telequa simultaneously lost her calf at that time while everything was together and then the ongoing um, situation with J50 Scarlet and so everyone was paying attention and we were all kind of moving together as a pod and before we knew it I had quit my job and it was a full-time thing and we didn't even know what to call it we're like I guess protectors because you protect what you love let's emulate Jacques Cousteau there and yeah (laughs) we haven't even had time to make our logo yet since that time Mm -hmm. we just kind of sketched something together and ran with it
2: yeah i think i'll I'll add a little bit to that too is you know it was there's there's several incremental things that happened through that time period where we were just like basically why isn't anyone doing anything i don't understand noah's you know the good guys and the EPA and why isn't there enough fish and there's been science on this for decades. Why has nothing changed and we we don't understand what's going on. We never had any intention of getting in conservation, but then it dawned on us that you have brilliant science that's happening out there from the Center for Well Research and Sea Doc Society and Giles and then you have the people who don't know what's going on whatsoever. Um, I was in the back of a fire truck, I was a volunteer firefighter at the time. And uh, another guy who also works in acoustic studying with orcas, we were talking about the J50 Scarlet situation. And another one of the firefighters was like, what's J50? Who is that? What are you guys talking about? And it dawned on me like, oh my God, there's, there's a major disconnect between all this brilliant science and the people. And the politicians are the ones who are actually making the decisions and the politicians are hired by the people. And so there is where it was like, oh, my God, no one's doing this. No one is connecting the science to the people, which then influenced the politicians. And I think that was the major thing of like, OK, this is what we need to do. It uh, doesn't seem like anyone's doing it. So we got to step in and pull all our talents together and make this happen uh and one of those last straws was uh when j52 sonic died and it was one of those pivotal moments again where it was just like oh my goodness like what what do we do this is um i think it was five deaths in a row in a matter of just a, a handful of months i don't know the exact time period but it was right after the baby boom and then all of a sudden you know we our numbers were just dwindling like crazy and that's when it all kind of just came together, all these different events it's like, okay, this is it. This is what we're going to do. And it just has been pedal to the floor since that moment and, and was not intentional. Like I said, we never wanted to get into conservation. I mean, who does? I mean, it's, it's really, really difficult work that is pretty much unpaid, completely unpaid and you're dealing with extinc- extinction of animals that you completely love and you see as family. That's, that's a tough job to get into or anyone even slightly wants to get into, but it was one of those things of like, but we have to. Who else is gonna do it? We have to do it. And so that, that was it. And here we are years later, uh, still slinging it every day to, to do whatever we can to, to help save these orcas.
1: It's just been an incredible wave of momentum that when we kind of made that decision, should we do something about this? Do we just like run with it? Cause we were winging it. We didn't know how to do this. Well, let's just wing it. It's been incredible. The amount of love and kindness and support and generosity and all the people around the world who absolutely adore these orcas and feel a connection to them. People, in Europe and Australia and New Zealand and all around the planet that just want to help and want to make a difference and want to protect them and don't want to watch them slip into oblivion. And we haven't even had to try to bring people into this momentum. People just want to. And it's just the power to the human spirit that when we love something, we are incredible. It's our superpower as a as a species that that strength we have in unit unity and love. And that's been one of the most incredible takeaways from this heart-wrenching work of trying to protect orcas that you don't want to go extinct.
0: Wow. It's just so profound to hear you speak on this. And, um, I I gotta say, it's really inspiring to a lot of people. Um, it's caused, I know for me, um, right around 2018 is when black fin coffee began as well. And, um, when, when we started this brand, uh, it felt like it was just short of a whim, really. But we built a logo that has Orcas in mind, the name is all surrounded around the idea of Orcas. And we had we too had no idea the world that we were going to just be launched into when we started on that journey. We just had a love for Orcas and that was it. And so next thing we know, we're connecting with you guys and connecting with more and more people um, through Instagram, such a powerful tool to use, and also probably one of the most encouraging platforms in social media altogether. Um, And it's just truly incredible. When I set out as an entrepreneur myself, I too had no intentions of trying to do conservation work in any way. And now here we are all together, um, you know, locking arms with all the more fervency because of the love, the common love that we have for the orcas. Um, Thank you for sharing that story. So how does, um, you know, kelp forests, sea star wasting, um, salmon restoration, how does all of that work together you know, cause it starts with a love for orcas, but then somehow you put all these pieces together to try and come up with a coherent way. Um, and you said you're not scientists, but that's a very scientific approach. And so how did that come about for you guys?
2: <laughs> you know, it's, it's from, you know, it started just like you said, it was about orcas. And then you just kind of go down the rabbit hole from there. It's like, okay, so there's two different species of orcas. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I don't know if I was aware of that when I started uh, or when I moved up here. And I was like, oh, there's the big orcas that are mammal eaters, and there's a southern residence that are fish eaters. Well, what kind of fish do they eat? Oh, they eat salmon. What kind of salmon? Oh, there's many kinds of salmon. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> so it's just like the rabbit hole. Just every time you answered a question or found um, you know, the solution, it it always led to the next door and there'd be six more doors and it's like, okay, well, why aren't they doing this? And you dig around and all of a sudden, you know, you meet more people and it just keeps opening. So, you know, that's where it it was really confusing, I think, to most whenever they first get into this, they're like, why are the big orcas just so proliferating? Their populations are exploding yet the salmon-eating ones are going extinct. What's, what's the deal? Where's the salmon? And so obviously it led to dams. You know, that's the first thing that, that people come up with, and specifically the Lower Four Snake River dams, which I'm sure, um, you know, there's such a huge number of salmon that could be produced with the breaching of the Lower Four Snake River dams, specifically about 8 million Chinook salmon a year, so that make a huge dent. But then beyond that, it doesn't stop there because once they enter the Sea or anywhere up and down the West Coast, these baby salmon, from what we've learned and any forage fish, need habitats to be able to go to, to seek protection, uh, to grow big and strong. And that is actually ends up feeding the Southern resident orcas. So any way that you can figure out how to get more salmon to the SRKW The better and so we're already in kelp forest and we're witnessing the decline i mean it's just like the the equivalent like i guess an analogy is like if you're going to your favorite park and every time you walk into the park you know four more trees are gone (laughs) you're gonna notice you're like whoa where those four trees go another four trees are gone and those four trees are gone and and then again the curiosity well why what's happening and then for us, you know, you dive down to the, the ocean floor and you see all these urchins and you see the different types of urchins. And you're like, okay, there's red, there's green, there's some uh, purple. What are the differences? Who, who is doing what here? What do they eat? And then you crack a book. You call Joe Gatos yep. and say, Joe, what's the deal? And he sends you these amazing scientific papers that I ask him to translate for me. (laughs) And we try to simplify as as much as we can because everything that we learn, because we're just normal average people, is to try to then translate that simply and effectively to people and what they can do about it. And that's the essence of our empower and restore. So, you know, you talked about in the beginning, restore, empower, and protect. Well, restore is we got to figure out how to maintain these kelp forests and bring them Uh, back into their their original state and empower Mm. is to tell the people what's happening uh what is the culprit and what they can do about it and those are the the three big entities that they have to know or we really serve no purpose because just snow and i aren't gonna be able to you know grab a bunch of urchins or plant a bunch of kelp you know like that's not that's not gonna solve all the issues of bringing habitats back. It's going to come from bigger ideas and bigger uh, policies from politicians and, and more pressure from the people. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the rabbit hole you you always go down when you start asking these questions. Whereas the, the bigs or because the mammal eaters, um, they have enough food, they feed on pinnipeds. And we have plenty of pinnipeds. We're at the, the level where it's a good average amount, a lot of people want to say that there's too many, but there's not, there's not at all. We're, we're at a good healthy amount that we're supposed to have and the bigs uh, take care of uh, <laughs> so that they have their snacks <laughs> and they keep them under control. And therefore they end up having a very strong population. You know, it just comes down to food. And so that's what you do, figure out how to get them more food. That's what happens
1: right now. And then once we kind of can quell this catastrophe of starving orcas, then you move on to the next piece. Let's take care of these habitats. Let's take care of, and then it just kind of moves from there. And all right, now what can we do to reduce the noise population, reduce the overall population from urban environments into the sea? What can we do about protecting the whole ocean and ocean acidification and Climate change and it just snowballs as we mm-hmm. all know
2: mm-hmm. So the project we're working on right now to kind of hit the other piece of your question uh, We have a big restoration uh, Platform that we're working on right now. We should have uh, actually by the time this podcast come out the video will be out um, but Going down those rabbit holes, you know, bugging Joe Gatos as much as possible to, have to ask all the questions to to lead us into the right channels. So we know what we're doing. We're not just doing things that shouldn't be done to disrupt anything in the ecosystem. Uh, what happened was, and this is kind of like the butterfly effect. So in September 2014, this crazy thing happened called the sea star wasting disease, where the sea stars, no matter what kind of sea star from basically the entire west coast, from Baja all the way to Alaska, all of a sudden, in a matter of months, practically, all the sea stars just started disintegrating. That's That's a huge landscape. Massive. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't isolated at all. It was an entire coastline. So They still don't know what it is. They think that maybe it was something to do with climate change, uh, which it probably was, or warming uh, ocean temperatures. But they're still trying to figure it out. Um, The good news is, is that initial wave seems to be for the most part over. There's a lot of healthy sea stars out there right now, which is good. And the listeners right now are like, why are we talking about sea stars, a.k.a. starfish? (laughs) This is about orcas. It is. It is. So what happened is the sunflower star, which is a specific type of sea star, the size of like a pizza with how many arms? Like 20 or 25? So
1: many glorious arms. Yeah, we're not scientists. They're like little (laughs) suns. Ask Joe that.
2: Ask Joe. Yeah, but there's tons and tons of arms. Well, they eat green sea urchins. Those are their favorite food. So what happened was when they died off, 90% of their population died off, the green sea urchins had no predator anymore. Um, Specifically the Salish Sea, we don't have sea otters, which is also a predator of green sea urchins. So we have river otters, we don't have sea otters. So when they became unchecked, they just started mowing down all the kelp forests. And that's become a really big issue. So we're at this point where we need to figure out a, a really sustainable way to manage the green sea urchins specifically. And so we got to figure out where sunflower stars are thriving. Just find them. I mean, that in itself is like trying to find Waldo right now, <laughs> <laughs> the kelp forest. Um, and log it. There's a website uh, called seastarwasting.org. Where you can, if you see a sunflower star or any sea star, you can go in there. And that could be for people who are just walking the beach or snorkeling or free diving. Any sea star that you see, you can go in there and, um, and attach a picture. Tell them what you saw, where you saw it, where the latitude and longitude is.
1: No matter where you live, it can be from Baja to Alaska. You can be in L.A., you can be in Seattle, wherever.
2: Exactly. Because what's happening right now is... Some really incredible science is, is going on at Friday Harbor Labs where they're cultivating sea stars, specifically sunflower sea stars. And that's what we need. But the thing is, is once they are at the juvenile state and a uh, stage and they're trying to figure out where to put them, where do you put them? You know, are they gonna be susceptible to the sea star wasting disease? So we got to figure out where they're thriving, where the other sea stars just in general are thriving, where we can find the most that are healthy and we can kind of go from there. Um, And so that's all in the video, which is really exciting. So you actually can see him um, growing these little, uh, very adorable little sunflower stars uh, to grow up. So that's what we're trying to do is figure out where all the healthy environments are for sea stars and and be able to provide enough data to the scientists to show where sea stars are the most healthy and most prolific and specifically where sunflower stars are um, so they can kind of judge what the environment is, where they're thriving and where they're not thriving. Um, And and just all those, all those pieces of data.
1: Right. Exactly. And then again, that, what you said earlier, which was so spot on, we're talking about sea stars and we all are listening because we love orcas and the connection is that the sea stars help protect the kelp. The kelp helps protect the forage fish like herring, which ends up feeding the young smolts and the younger salmon, which ends up feeding, you know, who our favorite superheroes of the world, the Southern residents. Butterfly effect. (laughs) It's
0: really incredible. And it's kind of hard because of the way marketing works and how things are spun to us to really understand how all of this really does work together until you kind of stop and just... Start to educate and learn, and you know Joe Gatos is is a great guy. Uh, I know that he he's passionate about teaching the world. For anybody who's listening right now, just need to go Google that name Joe Gatos. Um, you can follow their organization on Instagram, the CDoc Society doing a lot of great work and they just put out an awesome video recently i'm like dude this is like discovery channel good like it's Mm. maybe five minutes long and it's for free on youtube and i'm like come on um so that's that's incredible to to understand how it all ties together and you know we can't get through this entire podcast without mentioning to people that today as we're recording this is actually earth day happy earth day happy Happy earth Day. day And so as we talk about all of those different topics, it's very fitting, isn't it? You know? um, nice. And so you guys, you, you, you mentioned just to back up a little bit, um, your skills are, are art, artistry or art or painting and freediving. And when people listen and they're, my hope is that people can hear this and understand that, you know, I am a normal person talking to two normal people. you you admitted this moments ago (laughs) and you know it really just takes a love uh of something and then just enough I don't know what is the stuff that that you have that keeps you pushing forward um we all love the orcas right and and you speak in this language of fin to fin and family ohana and all of this and and your motto as as you say you emulate uh Jacques Cousteau is um we protect what we love. What is what is driving all of that for you guys? Where
1: does all that come from? That is an amazingly awesome question. Um I guess I'm just going to I'm going to keep it really simple here is that all of us love these orcas and we all have a connection to them in some way or another, whether you've been blessed enough to actually see them with your own beautiful eyes or see them through photography. Uh, For me personally, what kind of drives the the essay nodes in my heart to keep showing up for these orcas despite the difficulty is that they continue to swim on and they continue to find a way to survive and they could be in this world with rancor and hatefulness after what they've endured at at human negligence and ignorance and greed. And they existed in a vibration that has nothing to do with that. When I've seen them and when I've been around them and when I have spent time close to them, I am a better person. I, I want to be like them. And I know that sounds completely strange to want to be like an orca, but I think all of us who love these whales, I think we can relate to that. And I think we're all wanting to protect them because they do make the world better. And I think through serving them and helping them, it makes us better. And so it's in that striving to, yeah, we all live our life and we need to pay bills and we need to do the thing, but there's something beyond it. And when you live in a life of service that leaves the world a little better than you found it, I think that we can feel that that's the way, That that's a way to, to live that's true. And it, I think that that's what drives me personally, is that even on the difficult days and the hard days and the really sad days, it's still like, well, look at J35 Telequa. Like, what would she do if she was in a pickle? She'd probably just keep swimming, fin to fin with her family doing the best she can. I'm going to just do that. That's the best option I have. And it's just incredible because when we all do that together, you, you, with your superpowers and your talents and the scientists and Joe Gatos for that matter, um, Gloria, Pancras, like all these different phenomenal people, when we all just do what we love and what we're good at, we really, I think we can leave this world better than we found it. And I think that's the point. So I don't know if that answers your question articulately, but that's kind of my, That's, I guess, the impetus of why I do this.
0: It's a beautiful answer. I love that. Absolutely. And I think it just is going to um, reverberate with people in such a way because every single person has something to add, has a passion, has a gift. um, And when they tap into it, they don't necessarily have to know why right away, but life has a way of showing you how you can apply that in a truly meaningful way when you just persevere in it. And so that perseverance aspect, I totally, um, I love that. I relate with that. And sometimes it's just as simple as continuing, you know, um, and that can be sometimes the hardest thing in the world. Um, but it can just be the most, um, monumentous next step. And so I appreciate that. Hey guys. Let me talk a little bit about our partnership with PNW Protectors. In May 2020, we locked arms with Snow and Sai and we created three special labels for them. They are Protect Blend, Restore Blend, and Empower Blend. Each blend, which are named after each one of the PNW Protectors core values, is made with all organic coffee. So it's already as delicious as it can be, but there's more to it. When we created these labels, we wanted to donate 100% of the retail profits back to PNW Protectors so that they could keep advocating for our beloved Southern Resident Orcas. You want to get in on a hype? Go ahead and visit our website at www.blackfincoffee to shop through these options. Again, your dollars are going to go right back to saving the endangered Southern Resident Orcas. I'll quote my good friends Sigh and Snow by simply saying, we protect what we love. So join us in the fight. Enjoy a great cup of coffee and help us save the Southern Resident Orcas. Visit www.blackfin.coffee today. And when you use the promo code FIN 2 fin we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Thanks for supporting the mission and helping us to protect what we love. Now, you guys are are working through advocacy, and I wanna talk about filmmaking as well. You brought up the co-extinction film and searching for Chinook. Now, is it so important for people to understand just how powerful they are? Um, I I would love to hear your heart and hear you share just a little bit when it comes to either just uh, contacting our politicians. I know people from Europe, from Australia, that are sending letters into Washington State senators in order to make these changes. Can you kind of just go, um, you know, build off of that your passion for that?
2: Yeah, isn't that so amazing? It's incredible uh, the the reach that all of this has. And you know, we're just we're just two people, and we have uh, an amazing staff that ba- backs us up as well. Um, but I'll share a little story, kind of like what you're talking about. I had one of those those moments that you're saying just the other day that made me realize like, oh my goodness, this is everywhere. This is incredible how far it's reaching. I was on uh, Clubhouse uh, for the first time ever um, three days ago with Dan Abbott because uh, I saw a notification pop up that he was speaking about um, sharks and um, you know cage diving. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm on my way to town. And that'd be a really neat thing to listen to. Uh, before I go get groceries, you know, just something very random. And he was speaking about it. I was enjoying it. And then he surprised me, uh, completely called me off guard. And he was like, oh, and I noticed my (laughs) friend, Cy Scammell, just joined. And I'd love to change topics here and have him talk about orcas. Uh, Oh, my goodness. I'm just (laughs) driving to go get groceries. (laughs) So, I mean, I won't dive into everything we talked about, but it was – it was a moment because he was like, This is Cy. He and Snow run PNW Protectors. And then all of a sudden, everyone in that room, I think they call them, just started like, It's like, oh my goodness, you, you guys founded you and Snow. Is Snow on too? is, is So you guys founded PNW Protectors. We love PNW Protectors. And all these people from, again, and Dan, for people who don't know him, is from uh, the UK. And this was, you know, people from all over the place started commenting and talking about PNW protectors from Eastern Europe uh, to uh, someone who was from, I think it was even like Senegal. Hall, uh, like you said, just all over the place. And it was just like, wow, I'm on a chat about sharks. And all of these people know about the work that is happening through PNW protectors and orcas. And it's just like, okay, this is really making a difference. Um, which is, it was a really cool little thing that happened. So I think that is the power of art. Um, Snow has an incredible work art, and I can see it playing in the background on one of the labels on your computer there that comes up. Uh, and then photography and videography, it's, I think it's those three things are some of the most powerful tools that you can have in any kind of uh, activist conservation organization because you you look at the people who have changed everything. um, And off the top of my head, I think of National Geographic. You know, they're they're not, for the most part, they're not scientists, they're a magazine. At the core, they were a magazine and now they do an incredible, obviously cinematography work and videos, but they bring it to the public. You know, you got people like Sea Legacy, Paul Nicklin, And Christina, they aren't scientists either, but they bring such gorgeous photography and they bring it to the people, to millions of people. And so they do the essence that we're talking about of helping people know what's going on. They help people fall in love and they use it through powerful tools that make people want to come to whatever is being shown in the photograph, the piece of art or the video or the film. Uh, I think one of the greatest things that we've seen in our generation is the Blackfish effect. Um, this was a movie that, as far as I know, I think the entire movie was just archival footage. I, I don't, th- I don't think there is a single piece mm, of that's a good of, point, yeah, of film where they actually went out there and filmed something. Maybe they did. I'm not really sure, but I know most of it was all archival. And just by that movie, look what it did. You know, it, it changed the perception of keeping orcas captive completely. I mean, they, they've, it's just amazing what that did. I think that inspired uh, dramatically people like searching for Chinook and co-extinction that, hey, you know, this can really make a difference. Um, and then from a falling in love perspective, uh, a lot of us have grown up with the Jacques Cousteau films. And even if that was before the generations out there, you probably still know who that person is. And you probably still have seen clips of, you know, his stuff. And, you know, the same thing, they 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 knew what they're doing. But really what was happening was they were bringing the sea to the people and mm-hmm. putting it in front of them and inspiring people to want to do more. And I think that is, you know, what we're trying to do with, our films and our photography and Snow's art um, because I can't draw a stick figure at all. (laughs) But, you know, she's got that covered for us, thankfully. Um, So I think those tools are so powerful because in the end, it's always the power is in the people's hands. It always will be. And we're seeing that happening right now in politics where the power shift in politics have happened because the people rose up, they casted their vote, And here we are in a tremendous position uh, to be able to do the things that need to happen from the climate, from breaching the dams, uh, and just all the way across the board. I won't list a hundred things, but, you know, because the people did it. It wasn't because all of a sudden the politicians started listening to scientists. They don't. They listen to the people. And if the people say, listen to the scientists, then they'll say, okay, we'll listen to the science. (laughs) But that's where it comes from.
0: Yeah, that advocacy is, is really, and for anybody who may be new to uh, the world of Southern Resident Killer Whales, um, SRKW, as you said earlier, this is a truly um, grassroots thing that the momentum and the groundswell for this movement is becoming, it's unavoidable at this point and people have to look away in order to not listen. Um, because there's such a power in, in, in the urgency that the people are feeling and sensing and, and desiring to see the real, uh, things done. And I appreciate that you guys are involved and recognize the, um, the need for the education through film work and, um, even art, you know, we talk about art, the, the art that we're going to use for this podcast was done, uh, uh, by a woman who lives in texas of all places you know that's not anywhere near the southern resident orcas mm-hmm. and it's that impactful for her you know and wow. um, and, and, I, and I love that we get to again live in this you know, internet age and connect on on a much more powerful way than we ever could have before. And that you guys are are doing a great job helping uh, lead people in that way and motivating them to action and in real ways that people just never would think to do otherwise. You know, many people think all I need to do is vote and then I'm done. My job is taken care of because those people are going to do what I want, right? Well, no, it doesn't quite work that way. I mean, yeah, you put them in the position to do what you want them to do, but now you got to tell them what you want them to do um, while they're there. And so now is such as a moment uh, to, as any to to be advocating and petitioning to see the four snake dams breached as well as, you know, climate um, restoration around the world. And uh, the U S is, is in the best position to do that than anywhere else in the world. Um, So I appreciate you guys so much for leading that charge. And so that kind of transitions us into the next topic I want to bring up, which is you mentioned Jacques Cousteau. Well, there's another very inspiring human out there who's done some great work, and her name is Sylvia Earle. Uh, Tell us about your inspiration that uh, helped to spark um, ultimately the great news for the Salish Sea?
1: The Hope Queen herself.
0: <laughs> Her
1: <laughs> deepness. Oh, she is a personal hero of, of ours. And I don't know, I was a couple of years ago, maybe even like five years ago. I can't recall. We watched Mission Blue. We watched the little documentary and both looked at each other and we were like, Hope spot. That is, there is so much that can be done from a place of love rather than guilt or fear. There's so much more strength in that to show up for something because you love it and you have hope. Like you, you're not going to burn out and you're going to have a big smile on your face, which is, that's a great start right there. And so I thought, well, okay, you know, that was, that's, that's interesting. That's fascinating. And then We're looking around at all the issues within the sailor Sea alone and from the, the, from the, the din of the tankers, because when you're underwater and you're listening to those things, it's just, it's such a cacophony of loud metal. And Mm -hmm. then the insidious part of the Navy and their underwater testing, and then you have the just the sound pollution from everywhere but then you have the actual pollution that is leaching into the water and then so there's all these issues with habitat and then you have a lack of prey for the southern resident orcas and you look at all of it you're like oh my goodness like how do we start there's so much to do it's overwhelming yeah yeah and how do i stay in a place of of well-being and centeredness and hope and then we both were like well the sales sea could be a hope spot. It's a spot of hope that the whole world could champion behind. The whole world could lend its voice. And so we both just kind of we made that that decision of like the sales sea needs to be a hope spot. <laughs> this must happen. This is this is absolute. And so we just began kind of whittling away at that little by little. And yeah. And and then. Fast forward to a month ago and the Sailor Sea is a hope spot. And it's through all these incredible organizations working together and reaching out to mission blue and advocating for this spot that we all love. And it wasn't through uh, sadness. It was through, no, we can make a difference here. If we all show up with the things that we're good at, the scientists and the filmmakers and the artists and entrepreneurs and everybody shows up, we're going to free, we can save this place. And now it's a hope spot. It was like, wow, incredible. So it's a case in point of working together. We can, we can move mountains and we can breach dams, so to speak. So help us
0: to understand how, how does the hope spot, um, what does it mean for us now?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. And that's when we get uh, pretty often, uh, and it kind of goes back to getting the SRKW as much publicity as we possibly can. Um, we saw the impact happen initially with Teleco pushing her uh, dead calf this summer of 2018. That was international news. Uh, it was all over the New York Times, Washington Post. It was all over the place. And all of a sudden, everybody knew who Teleco was, and they knew who the SRKW was, and the the amount of attention it received for those 18 days where she pushed her calf for a 1,000 miles was unbelievable. And that made such a huge difference in the things that we needed to do to protect the SRKW and uh, the politicians and, again, the people, the emotional effect of the people knowing about it and wanting something done about it. And so that was massive. It was completely massive. So what Hope Spots do is... Pretty much exactly that. They bring international attention to spots around the world uh, through media, through being underwater, through films, uh, through Sylvia Earle. I mean, we were so fortunate to have uh, Madison and Hannah have their article published on Mission Blue's homepage. So when you go to Mission Blue's website right now, the first thing that you see is p and protectors and that work that we're doing with the CELP right now. Uh, which That's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And then, of course, that all ties in together with the SRKW. And that, that one thing, however many people are going to their website, but just even with their posts on Instagram, that was hundreds of thousands of people that may or may not have known about our orcas and the work that we're doing. And just like that, it's like, okay, that was another couple cities of people that know what's going on. And so as that keeps pushing forward, the, it, it becomes a, an issue that no one could ignore. And the more of that that happens, the more that Governor Inslee, uh, Senator Cantwell, Senator Murray, and anyone else who has a hand in this uh, will be more likely to do things that uh, they wouldn't normally do because there is so much public pressure. Again, the blackfish effect, you know that, that's really what it is where there's so much pressure from the public that they have to do it, they don't have a choice. Um, So we actually have our first meeting with all the partners. Um, You mentioned this earlier, Snow came up with the awesome, really, thing that we live by the most. And that's going to actually be part of our logo and and moving forward, just really uh, our catchphrase. I'm trying to think of a better thing to to say with that, but that's what it is. It's fin to fin. So fin to fin, we're going to be locking arms with uh, the, the partners of the Hope Spot next week to come up with strategies and what each organization is really strong at uh, so we can really build on this uh, more and more. And we you know the uh, SR3 is one of the uh, big partners in that as well. And they're the ones that uh, have the, the brand new Marine Animal Veterinary Rehabilitation Center. Uh, which is amazing, which is so cool. And so to be a part of that, And you always see the, the drone videos and photography, that's SR3. So they're heavily involved uh, as one of the, the top partners. Uh, so we're so excited for that. And it's funny because you go to Mission Blue and you see all of the, the goals that they're trying to do. And, you know, they're doing on a much higher level than p and protectors. But that is the core foundation of what we do, is the same exact thing they do uh, is get underwater bring, you know, awesome video and photography and art to the people, get them to fall in love with it. And therefore they're going to then do whatever they can to protect it.
0: Could you share with our listeners um, just who off the top of your head, uh, all these partners are um, for the Hope Spot so yeah. we can support them as well.
1: Well, yeah, definitely. There's SR3 and then there's Coextinction film and they're coming out with an incredible, Incredible, powerful documentary. This year. Yes. Which
2: Hallelujah.
1: Talk about it. a passion project. I am so excited for that. And I am so proud of every single member of that pod that worked together to create that incredible film. I'm just so excited mm-hmm. and I'm proud. Excited.
2: Yes, the Instagram handles uh, is SR3. Uh, they actually go by Lifer Three. Uh, Saving Oceans, Co-Extinction Film, Sea Legacy, who we mentioned earlier, uh, whales underscore ORG, Pacific Mammal Research, Earth Law Center, uh, which is amazing. I, I believe this is the organization that was actively trying to, um, I don't know exactly what this is called, but they're trying to bring rights to like, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, where they actually like give human rights to a lake and, you know, something like that, oh, where it's like, yes. they, they, so it, that way they can have like certain laws applied to them as if they are a person. So they're doing that for the Southern resident orcas. So I know there's a big thing going on to try to get them basically human rights for the Southern resident orcas. Um, sea smart, smart school cool. ocean wise, who we all mm-hmm. heard of Seattle aquarium and be united and free.
1: That's just, uh, that's, I think that's all
0: of them. That's all of them, yeah. That's mm-hmm. everyone.
1: Each one is a champion. Each one is a powerhouse.
0: Absolutely. Um, I know I've been Seattle Aquarium myself and they're just so educational. From the moment you step in, the entire time you're just immersed in education. It's, it's amazing. It's truly, um, and, and I'm I'm just encouraged by all of this. Um, I want to see that continue. So for all of our listeners you know rewind listen to those names again um figure out where they are and if they're close to you or or if not if if you can support them in any way um this is going to help this entire collective um effort we're all a piece of it and so the hope spot will shine bright here in the sailor sea when we bring our efforts together and uh yeah guys well i gotta say i'll speak on behalf of um so many people that you've inspired along the way and simply just say thank you for all your hard work and uh, thank you for pouring out your hearts and your lives for this work. Um, in a very real way, you're speaking to every single one of those people right now um, on this episode that you've inspired. And I would just ask you if there's anything that you would say to them, if you can speak to them face-to-face, heart-to-heart, what's the one thing that you would say?
1: first thing I'd say is thank you. And I love that we're united by the orcas. And then the next thing is, let's save them because we love them. Because love is so much stronger than any other emotion. And I know that sounds kind of airy fairy, but that's how we're going to do this. So just be thank you. And let's save them because we love them. Fin to fin.
2: Fin to fin. <laughs> fin to fin. we got
1: this together, yeah. all of us together, fin to fin.
2: And I would, I would add, you make a difference. You yourself make a difference, whether it's whatever you're buying at the grocery store, if it's local, if you're sending a letter to a politician, if you're making a phone call, if you're casting a vote, you make a difference. And I think that's what gets lost in so many people that, oh, it doesn't matter. I don't make a difference. You do. You have all the power. And this is why this movement is working is because snow and I aren't PNW protectors. You are all the people, Mm -hmm. all the public, you are PNW protectors. You are the ones who are leading this whole thing. We cannot do this alone. We are just the, the people, the liaison between the science and the people, the, the orcas and the people, and then to get you the right information and to give you some action items to make that difference. But the power
0: is always going to be in your hands. Well, there you have it, folks. Now, go find PNW Protectors. If you're new to them, uh, you can find them on Instagram and Facebook at PNW Protectors online. You can go to their website, pnwprotectors.com. And you can learn all of what we're talking about will make a whole lot more sense if you visit that website and you can really dive in a lot deeper and uh, find out how to help. Uh, you can donate to them. They are running a nonprofit organization. So through PayPal online, you can make a donation. Um, is there anywhere else that people can find art or anything in any ways that they can purchase things to help you guys out?
1: So kind of you to ask. <laughs> We are, well, I think just the website. I think that's the Grand Hub. I think that's the one.
0: All right. There you have it. Thank you guys so much again for sipping on a cup of hope together with me today. It was truly a pleasure.
1: Oh, it was an honor to be here with you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Fin to fin, brother. Fin to fin, brother. Fin
0: to fin. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you were inspired. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast. We will continue to bring many more inspirational men and women on in hopes that they will inspire you to put your skills to work and help make this world a better place. Please let us know what you thought about the episode. You can go to our post on Instagram at Coffee and leave a comment there. Also, if there's someone amazing that you can't wait for the world to hear their story, please let us know. You never know. Maybe we'll even bring them on the podcast. All right, my friend, thanks again for all your love and support. And until next time, stay caffeinated.